0: Welcome to the Determined Mom Show, the only marketing podcast dedicated to guiding mom CEOs into tranquility, wealth, and multiplying those precious moments. Welcome to this episode of the Determined Mom Show. I have today a very, very special guest. It is Steph Hilfer of Vim, and she is the owner and creative director. And I am very excited to have her here because we are going to be talking about the importance of having a cohesive brand, brand messaging, and content mix. So, welcome, Steph.
1: Thank you. Thank you yes. so much. I'm super excited.
0: Yeah, I'm very excited that you're here. So before we get into what we're actually going to talk about, I want to ask you how you got started in what you're doing, how you started VIM, how the whole thing came about, and also what does VIM mean?
1: Yeah. Well, without going on and on and telling you how I got here 36 years later, hmm. uh, it, it, it is funny though. I did not know how innately immersed my being is when it comes to marketing until I started them and was asked this exact question several times. And it's funny. I feel like I've had an entrepreneurial spirit, a marketing brain, branding vision since I was a young child. When I was 10, I started a mar- um, a babysitting business. And I had full blown business cards. I had a punch card so you could earn a free sitting session. I had flyers with the tear offs at the bottom where you could have my number. Cause this was, you know, years before the digital was how we found things and posted them around the neighborhood. I even sold ca- uh, pop cookies, candy, ice cream off of my parents' front porch and had full blown signage and everything. And, you know, as a young kid, I just thought this is the lemonade stand that everything did. I didn't really see it as above and beyond. Now, in retrospect, that's just kind of something that's always been innate in me is to have this entrepreneurial spirit, I guess, and to take it a step beyond that too, right? Not every babysitter at the age of 10 had business cards, right? Yeah. And,
0: and especially a punch card. I just want to say like the punch card was what put me <laughs> over the top. I was like, Okay maybe like a handmade business card that they color like five of them and give it to their grandma and, you know, but you had punch cards, which is crazy.
1: Yeah, it was that I knew very early on the punch cards was a value add, right? There was, if you continue to work with me, there will be value here. Even the candy, it wasn't, you know, buy three or, or it wasn't five cents each. Mm-hmm. It was five for one or save by getting three for 12 or something, wow. you know, there there was always this, recognizing that there's a game here to play. And I, when I say game, I don't mean it in a dirty way. Mm-hmm. It was just, there's a mentality behind what you're doing and you want to create value and entice with that value in a way that benefits your consumer, whether it's candy or babysitting or Google my business.
0: Yeah, that's very, very true. And I love that you point that out. It's not It's just a marketing technique, I would call it. I wouldn't call it a icky or anything like that. I'd just say, you know, it's a marketing technique. If you want someone like the marketing technique, where if you want someone to pick, you know, one particular product, you put it in the middle and then you put the higher one on the right and you put the lower one on the left. It's just all of those things.
1: I think as a child, though, like to have the understanding of marketing tactics or business tactics. You know, you it's not something that you are immersed in in a formal sense. It's more of an observatory sense. Mm -hmm. You know, you as a child go to the toy section and you see pricing, but then you see the yellow tag with a cheaper price and you you start to absorb, and some people absorb that and then bring it back in their way of a career or in their profession. And some people it's a passive experience and they absorb other things. And so having them and, and starting this business and doing interviews and being asked that question has been really rewarding because it's, it's had me go down that journey and go back to memory lane and realize, um, I was actually listening to your, one of your last episodes earlier today. And she had said, you know, these things that come innate to you, you don't realize don't come innate to others. Yeah. And that's, that's been a huge blessing is that through Vim and through interviews, I've seen some of these innate things. So that's awesome. So yeah, thank you. And so Vim being, you know, the name in itself is pretty unique. And I knew when I was naming my business, there was a few key, key things. Um, and I'm going to throw some weird stats at you, but 70% of, um, and I think they based this number off of stock So the stock market businesses that are profiting, 70% of the highest performing businesses are single word, either names or acronyms. And not that I just wanted to simply base it off of that, but I like the simplicity of like, what is Venmo? What is Uber? Who's Wix? You know, I wanted something to have, I wanted something in alignment with that. Yeah. Uh, So single word, or if I had to, an acronym was, was something I aspired for and intention the word intention kept coming to mind when it came to what I aspired to bring to the table um, that was unique to me, what I wanted for myself, what I wanted for my clients. So the letter I was a huge, a huge uh, theme for my search and, and the best name for my business. M was a bonus for marketing. I just felt like, ah, that'd be a bonus. And so I literally turned to the, the dictionary I started flipping the pages and when I landed on the word VIM, which if you think about where the the letter V falls in the alphabet, you'll know that I am clearly OCD. Did you start at the back or are you saying you worked all the way through from A? (laughs) You know, I did a lot of dabbling. We'll say that. But, But yeah, when I found the word VIM, the actual English definition is enthusiasm, vitality, high spirited, and I um, remembered once I found that word that I've heard it before in the form of uh, she's full of vim and vigor. Mm-hmm. And it, it was a, an unused word in the market space, and as far as it's an unused word, not only in the marketing space, but also just in our natural language, right? It's just not as popular as people say, like enthusiasm. Yeah. Um, and it had the I and it had the M. And so then, and you'll love this just from your your expertise is that I went to the Google search and started checking for uh, uniqueness and availability and URLs. And it was used in its English form. And so another word that was really important to bring to the table when it came to my business and how I work with clients is integration. Not only if I'm working with you, Amanda, I'm integrating my own expertise, my knowledge, my opinions i'm going to integrate that with your knowledge your expertise your opinions because it's not the vim show you hire me to help you discover define and develop who you are as a business and so if you aren't able to integrate with me or if you don't have the aspirations to value integration mm-hmm. then you know it might not be the process that you align with most and so the idea of adding in that extra eye to represent that piece of my business landed me with Vim. And so uh, V for visual, intentional, integrated marketing is how, and plus the English word, it's, it's kind of a long story, but yeah, that's how Vim came to be. I love it. Most people
0: don't put that much thought into their brand, into their brand name. And <laughs> literally that's what you do. So it makes sense. That's what you do for other people. Yeah. So it totally makes sense that you would go to those lengths. And I love that you did that because it was your own, it was your baby and, yeah, or it is, I should say, is your baby <laughs> and uh, you know, you're taking care of it. And you're also now taking care of all of these other amazing businesses and helping them with their brand. So I love
1: that. Thank you. Yeah. It definitely, you know, when I get to tell a story, I, I try to keep it concise, but I, I get so excited. I geek out because yeah. it was a journey. And I was doing it alone, essentially. It's hard and overwhelming. And there's a lot of fears and unknowns. And so when I get to do this with, you know, I'm not necessarily in the naming business. There are a lot of clients who come to me who we do end up discussing naming and we might get creative and we have changed names in the past. I just love being that support and that person to lean on to walk you through it because it was hard doing it alone. Yeah, I love it.
0: Let's talk about our topic of the day, which is kind of already been touched on a little tiny bit, Uh, (laughs) the importance of having a cohesive brand, brand messaging, and content mix. Go ahead and start breaking that down for us. Yeah.
1: When it comes to your brand, one of the things, if you go and you check out them, one of the things you'll see is that I package the brand identities that we work with in a hardback book when it comes to our first topic, which is brand cohesion. I'm bringing that up intentionally because that's a value point. When we're talking about brands, people get really off topic on what it really means to have a brand, let alone a cohesive brand. Most people think a brand is your logo. Maybe people will take it a step further and recognize color and maybe fonts. But when I'm talking about brand cohesion, it is that. But it's also the messaging, the language, the words, the imagery, the experience. And so with brand cohesion and valuing your brand value, when it comes to our business brained folks who are listening, they're thinking, well, what's my ROI here? And when you look at the stats on the revenue earnings of cohesive brands versus non-cohesive brands just presenting your brand cohesively across your marketing tactics. When I say marketing tactics, I mean, where you're putting your brand, social media. Let's say you do billboard marketing. Let's say you have a magazine that you put out email marketing, print media, all of those channels. You do that cohesively. Just the simple fact of doing that increases your revenue 23%. That's huge. And I can say that and it's like, oh yeah, that sounds cool stuff. Sure. Sure. But think what I like to do is I like to take you out of your own business and I like to have you start thinking about the brands you experience. One of the brands I talk about a lot is Dollar Shave Club. And I don't know if it's as well known across the country, but uh, I live in Washington, just South of Seattle, and it is a national company. It's online distribution of shave and uh, toiletry items. Mach 3. Is very known in the industry for years. They're the you know forty five dollar blades four pack. They're locked in a counter. Yeah, uh, you know you see their marketing. It's very masculine, serious, sharp. You know that's what we've known forever in yeah. that in that industry. Dollar Shave Club run comes in out of nowhere and they're funny. They're t- they they're, light, they're bringing this lighthearted, goofy. Just fun, humorous approach to a, z- a very serious industry. And not only are they bringing in this new personality, they're knocking down the price and saying, jokes on you, it's not forty five dollars for four blades. It's eight yeah. it's eight dollars for four blades. and I actually don't know their pricing anymore. I mean, I still am a member. I still get their blades, but it's been so long since I've looked at my membership <laughs> but, yeah. But the point is, is they, they came in and they, they came in with personality, you know, a cohesive brand isn't just the visual aspect. We are very visual creatures. We eat with our eyes. We make judgments off of, you know, they say, don't book judge a book by its cover, but you know, you do, you innately do there's that power. But then I'm talking about the messaging. I'm talking about the words. I'm talking about the story. I'm talking about the shift the rebellious act of taking something and putting your stamp on it yeah and uh as a member i I think one of the reasons i'm so enamored with this brand is because i am a member and i get to see the cohesiveness you know you get your pack of blades i literally want to stand up i'm fun fun little side bit i have um and amanda of course you know this but i'm out of power today so Mm -hmm. instead of doing this podcast in my office like normal i'm in bed with pepper (laughs) i love it Manage. But because of that, I'm right here next to, to the restroom, and I just have to grab one of their cases because it says on the outside of this case, it says patches only look cool on sport coats. <laughs> That's funny, and I'm and it's so funny because that st- statement alone doesn't make sense, but when you pair it with with men who are you know shaving their faces and don't want to be patchy or women who are going on vacation and, and want their legs to be fully smooth. It's, it's just so fun. Yeah. I love um, it. And, I love
0: those commercials where they oh, God, show yeah. the people like shaving and it's so gratifying. It's like,
1: Oh, that looks amazing. <laughs> and they, and they put a little newsletter in there and it's called the the throne. Oh, I can't remember it now, but it's like the throne um, journey or something. And, and they just play off of so many silly things. And they're cohesive with it. They're consistent across the whole user experience, the purchasing product, the way they market it, the packaging, you get it in the, the words on the packaging, their emails that you get when you run out of blades, mm-hmm. all of the things. And so to give some value here, you know, what I tell people when they're like, well, I want that. I want a cohesive brand. What do I do? And it sounds so silly, but we hardly ever do this. Step out and become a consumer of your brand. Mm. Experience what your clients experience. And it's hard to do, but go through and actually purchase something from your website if you're ecom. Mm-hmm. Go through your invoicing system. Bill yourself a dollar if you're service-based and go through what they experience. Even down to that level of experience, there's a branding element that you want to ensure is cohesive. Um, That's a good point. Yeah. And, and take notes along the way, go through all of the channels that you market through. And I'm an, I'm a weird Excel geek. So maybe Excel, you know, floats your boat, maybe just a pen and paper and a grid floats your boat, but write down all of the channels you use and put some key things up on, on one side of the column and say, okay, logo, font, colors, do some basic things. And then maybe pick pick some keywords that are a part of your brand and if you don't have them defined, obviously that's where working with someone is, is a huge plus, but, you know, just go with your gut and pick some words and we'll just run, run with those and just do, you know, six to 10 things and go check off and see where they all lie. Do you have your logo on everything? Do you have those keywords across all of those channels? Are you using the same fonts across all of those channels? That's a really fun, free quick exercise that you can do to give yourself a a little grade on where you stand with cohesion and and brand cohesion.
0: Mm -hmm. I love that. That's such a simple exercise yet. I think just the last like what minute and 30 seconds that you've been explaining that, like that right there will get someone so much further than they already are if they actually implement that.
1: Oh yeah. People are brand audit. I want to say trigger word or trendy word right now it's a buzzword. There we go. Mm Uh, in the industry right now for a lot of different industries, but you know, to just do a little self grading, just a little self check here. I love just taking a little ownership in that.
0: Yeah. I really need to do that. I've been having it on my list definitely since before we met, but it's been higher on my list since we've met (laughs) and I'm getting there. I'm getting closer and closer every, every week to like, okay, I just need to do this. So then that way it's done. And I don't have to like, think about it again.
1: Yeah. Well, and I think too, it in full transparency and anyone who gets to know me knows like I'm always super transparent, but this is a great, that just inspired. I'll work up a quick little worksheet and just make a free download on my site and I'll make sure it's done before this goes up live and uh just make it easy because any you know just the saying grab an excel spreadsheet or or making a grid on paper that's gonna deter just enough people to maybe not go the steps so I'll make a little worksheet so people can do this little self-check for themselves that would be awesome
0: I'm sure that everyone would love that and I know I would love that too (laughs) yeah it's a great great idea yeah definitely what about that next part of it which is the messaging and the content mix are they kind of to me in my mind they kind of are mixed together intertwined
1: but tell us a little bit about that the brand identity right kind of stepping back to that brand cohesion that brand identity there's a huge section in there that is the messaging and I love that it's the way we're talking about it today is is in three, and, and that's kind of that second piece, mm-hmm. because there's so much weight to it. The brand messaging, at least for what we provide our clients, is intended to be written in a way that you can repurpose it for whatever audience or whatever media you're using. When you write your brand messaging, or when you have your brand messaging, it needs to help identify things that are of value to you. And when I say you, you have to recognize there are personal brands and there are corporate brands, and then there are some of which, you know, let's call them hybrid brands, a mix of both or an evolving from a personal to a corporate. A personal brand is going to truly be you, you, Amanda, what matters to you? And that's really important for personal brands because you're wanting to work with people who value what you value i just recently worked with a brand specialist. Her name is Kelsey Curtis. I would rave, rant, love everyone to go check her out because I believe in the approach she takes so much and she really hones in on these words. We get overwhelmed when it comes to messaging because now all of a sudden we're thinking paragraphs, you know, of, of 200, 2,500 blog page or 2,500 word blog. And it yes. gets overwhelming. Let's go back to this idea of just simplifying it and, and doing it simple. It's just, let's just find your work. Within your message now, if those words are cohesive and they align with what you value, then you're going to attract people who also value those words. And there's the cohesiveness there with that brand messaging is you're going to enjoy this process. People who come to me enjoy intentionality. They enjoy the visual side, right? They enjoy enthusiasm around this. They enjoy that I'm a little loud, that I get a little excited. I start geeking out about things. They enjoy that. And if you don't, you're probably not a good fit for me. And that's a beautiful thing for us to know right off the bat for both of us. Yeah. You, Amanda, you, you, know, you want people who value what you do and, and who share in the value systems that you have because you want to enjoy that relationship that you work with. Yes, and that, you know, going back to Dollar Shave Club, humor, 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 humor is a huge word. I'm not saying that people who buy whatever competitor brand, mock, mock three brand razors can't be funny. They just don't value that over the product that they're getting. Yeah, or they haven't experienced it and seen that that that, that to me is like it brings this joy of this daily exercise I do that I never would have thought of. So yeah, the messaging is huge. And I think it's becomes, uh, and another, another podcast I, I spoke on, I talked about, it's one of the biggest things that can make an impact for your business that people don't spend time on or don't invest in. Yeah. I just had a client rave on social media about their website that them created after doing their brand identity. Uh, and they were raving about, about it, how much they love their website. And I had to reframe that and let them know that that website would be flat mm-hmm. if it wasn't for the investment they made in their brand yeah. and their passion for, their, for what they do, the uniqueness they bring to the industry, the, the, sh- the feeling that they evoke when you go to that website is only there because of the messaging work we did. I hope that's making sense. I feel like I, no, that's
0: awesome, honestly. And I love the fact that you're actually pointing that out. I think I had a, a call with a client, a Google, my business potential client, and he was referred to me from a marketing agency and, and his marketing agency that he uses for like AdWords and his website and all that stuff. And he's like, well, So-and-so said that I need a new website, but I like it. And I looked at his website and it is outdated and it's not mobile friendly and like all of this stuff. And I did let him know that because I'm not going to not let him know that. But there's some business owners that don't understand the power of having all of those things aligned. You know, like if you're building a house, you want to have a really solid foundation. You don't want to build it with, like just put the bricks up without any mortar. Right. Cause it's not going to last forever. It's going to look nice okay. for the first couple of weeks. And then as soon as it rains or whatever, you're going to have not a house anymore. Right. Yeah.
1: So I think I that's use that analogy all the time.
0: Yeah. I think that's kind of like the same thing that we're talking about. And the same thing that you just said with that, like, there's just so much power and having that established and having it down from the beginning. And I will be the first one to admit that I had zero idea first. I didn't even know what I wanted to do when I started my business, (laughs) you know, like I started as a virtual assistant and then morphed into, you know, Google my business over a series of four years. And it's not easy, you know, because it's always changing and always fluid and, and those kind of things. So can you speak to just that fluidity of branding for a minute, because I think sometimes we get stuck in things. And if you look at like Pepsi, for example, like Pepsi has changed their font or, you know, like their, I don't want to say their font, but yeah, they've changed that so many times over the years, but
1: yet we still know it's Pepsi. Yes. Oh, I love this question. Oh, I'm I'm like goosebumping. Okay. So in the back of the brand identity books, That we create, and a conversation I have very early on with my clients is the topic of brand evolution. And I want people to realize right off the bat, you are going to evolve. You hear redesign and rebrand over and over and over again. And oftentimes, that is coming from a place of not an established brand or brand fatigue. You feel stuck, you feel limited, it feels old, it needs a refresh. And a lot of times it's a band-aid fix for a bigger problem that's actually existing in a business. So Pepsi for for a great example, we still know who Pepsi is and it has so much to do with that messaging. Every evolvement they've had, they've they've made a very conscious effort to still make sure that you know the The core values of who they are and what they do and what they deliver, and the experience they want you to have when you experience their brand, the crispness, the pop of the can, the intensity of the flavor when you first have it, right? No matter if it's Mountain Dew, we're talking here or Pepsi. And it's so funny that I'm talking about Pepsi, by the way. Total tangent. I am a Coca-Cola classic girl all the <laughs> way. So, well, it's funny. Uh, Uh, It's just funny, Um, and it's funny because as I'm describing the feeling of sipping on a Pepsi, it's revolting to me. (laughs) (laughs) It sounded really convincing. I'm just, you know, like, (laughs) thank you. (laughs) And but it's true. It's it's very true in their messaging, and and that's they've also made sure to keep some ties. Really fun exercise. Take any brand you love that's been around for you know a few decades. Uh, Walgreens is one I use a lot and just go into Google and just Google Walgreens logo, Walgreens old logo, right? Just type that in and you'll find immediately in the image search, you'll see the the transition from the beginning to now, Mm -hmm. and you'll see some cohesiveness. You'll see a color that has been bled through, or you'll see a shift in maybe a color, but then the font type or a tagline or something has bled through. Yeah, Uh, I kind of relate it to like the nowadays rabbit hole you end up in when you're on like TikTok or YouTube, mm-hmm. one thing just takes you to the next. There's a tie, right? There's like you're starting with cat videos and now all of a sudden you're, you know, you're talking about um, mice and then all of a sudden from mice, you're talking about cheese and then from cheese, all of a sudden you're on a farm. I, I'm not saying that like there's too much disconnect there with that silly example, but you'll see that that's exactly how brands can evolve because they yeah, pull something from their past. And blend it with the future that becomes their their brand, but yeah. it doesn't. It's not a rebrand. It's not a complete change of we're dropping everything we've ever stood for and now we're a new. It's an evolution. At least not. Yes, exactly. At least not yeah. when done in the way that I believe is is a way for a brand to stand the test of time. I love that question. That's fun. I
0: love that. <laughs> awesome. And then what about the content mix? We touched on it a little bit, but what? types of content do you feel or okay let me rephrase this question what is the easiest way for a brand to determine their content mix
1: yeah so when I say content mix a lot of people are like what does that really mean so I'm going to frame it in what almost everyone right now is thinking about what do I post today right? Mm -hmm. If you're listening to this and you've not asked yourself, what do I post today? Then bow down to you because (laughs) every one of us has asked ourselves that question. And Mm -hmm. what that really means is what kind of content am I pushing onto my audience today? And I said pushing, that sounds a little salesy, but in, in really that's why we stop Mm -hmm. is because we don't want to be pushy. We stop and we freeze and we think, Ooh, what am I going to talk about today? What do I post today? And so, content mix is the content that we put out, and at what ratio, what mix up, you know. Uh, and I know Amanda, you've you've seen my presentation on content mix and the way I, because I'm so visual, I put it in a pie chart. Mm-hmm. Everyone has everyone has a good sense of pie chart, right? Go back to elementary days where we're talking about how many slices of pizza are are we going to have, and start looking at. The way the, the way to approach how to find your content mix, what percentage of what content are you going to talk about? The th- first thing I say is look at what you're already doing. Now, if you're a brand new brand and you've never posted anything and you're you're wanting to be strategic and proactive and go about this in a different way, then that's a different kind of content or topic. But if you're like probably most listeners, you have a business and you're wanting to see it grow and and have more structure. So. Look at what you're already doing. Let's just go with, well, let's stick with Pepsi, right? Um, because it's fun. Um, so Pepsi, you might go to a channel of Pepsi's, or let's use social media as the marketing vehicle that we're talking about. The content that they're gonna put out on their social media, if we're looking at a pie chart, let's just go with maybe 30% is talking about the different products they sell, right? the Mountain Dew, the, God, what are they Barks, root beer? I I have no idea. I know, right? Seven Up, Pepsi, Mountain Dew, right? Let's just say um, 30% of what they're putting out is literally selling the products. Pepsi, I don't know if this is true, but let's say Pepsi has an altruistic side. And a lot of what they're putting out is the um, efforts they're doing worldwide to provide healthy drinking water. I know Pepsi has, is it Arrowhead? one of the waters. They're one of the waters. Dasani.
0: I'm like the worst person to ask because I don't drink soda. So I drink water. I but
1: <laughs> Yeah. Well, and actually, you know, Dasani is Coke. So either way they have a water. So let's just say that part of that is in alignment with the altruistic piece. So you see, you know, a small percentage of their brand is talking about that and because they're Pepsi and they're huge. Let's just say 45% of their brand is user generated content they are sharing what we are sharing. Mm. They are sharing the backyard barbecues and everyone cheersing with their Pepsi and then people snapping it and tagging. Let's just say the other percent, and I'm running out of numbers here, but let's just say the last pie chart piece is about what they stand for. It's their messaging. It's about joy. It's about fun. It's Mm. about Rich flavor, right? You know, I don't know their brand messaging right off the top of my head, but you want to look at what you innately do first, because if you start by saying, okay, 50% of the time, I really need to be selling my products, but you don't know how to do that, or it doesn't come natural to you, then you're going to be right back to where we started this conversation. And you're going to be like, shoot, what do I post today? Yep. Back to the beginning. Yep. Exactly. Exactly. And so I always, unless you're working with me and we're going through and actually creating the strategy for you, which I still do this exercise with you, but when you're doing it independently, make it easy on yourself. Start by looking at the last, you know, just take a sample, I don't know, 30 days, 90 days, whatever you feel like you want to look at and figure out a theme and some consistency around what you put out. Let's just say, you notice that every other post, so 50% of what you put out in your sampling is your dog. Okay, let's, let's work with that. Yeah. Let's talk, let's talk about that. Let's see how we can work with that. And does it resonate with your brand, right? Yeah. Does it perform well? Is it important? Is it part of your value structure? Pepper in particular. I mean, like I said earlier in our interview is she's literally like laying right here and she has her, she's sleeping on my knee you know, and this is a normal part of my day to day. uh, And it's a huge blessing for what I do. But it's also a point of connection. I have so many people who come to me and say I love German short hair pointers. My grandparents had one and they took it hunting. It was the best dog ever. Now, all of a sudden, something simple as posting your dog. It's not just a dog. It's a point of it's a point of, um, I relate to you. I now all of a sudden trust you just a little bit more than I did before because I trust people who like dogs or I had a German short hair pointer or whatever. Yeah. I feel like I might've gone a little like crazy here with the content mixed concept, but- um, No, I love lot- it. And so that's, I guess, just like a little sampling of the power of, I guess too, if I can wrap it up that thought. It, it takes away- the question first off what do i post it also becomes a math equation of simply if 30 percent is about your dog and you want to post daily then you can do quick math and figure out that 10 times in that month you should be bringing something up on your dog yep and now all of a sudden in addition to the what and the when the why becomes there's almost a permission slip of, well, this is in my content mix. I have determined that there's value here. And now I don't feel guilty that I'm posting about my dog. It's a permission slip of saying, people want to see me. I don't wanna feel like um, like a lot of people with personal brands think, well, no one wants to see my face. They're gonna think I'm um, egotistical, but not if you write it in your strategy, not if it is in your content mix. Like I said, permission. So, It answers a lot of questions. It gives you permission. And it also takes away the question of what I post today. Mm, I love that. It definitely changed it for me after I watched your
0: presentation. And I will say it allowed me to also use my social media scheduling tool that I love called social B and they have a way that you can literally create categories. So for all of those categories that you had, I created ones that, you know, fit into my brand. And all I had to do was literally schedule them. Like when I wanted to post what kind of category throughout the month or throughout the week. And then it's going to literally just go through and just auto post because I put them in this category and then I don't even have to worry about it. It just takes care of it. So when you have something like that, a tool to use as well, I am all about tools, you know, (laughs) that helps, you know, and you don't have to think about it so much.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. It's like I said, with me being so visual, it also really helps. I'm sure your tool probably gives you some sort of visual way of saying what what uh, categories are what. Yes. Um, it, it really, to me, I take a calendar for my brands. I use their brand colors and I just put a dot. If 30% mm-hmm. is about my dog, I'm going to give it a color. Let's go with yellow. And I'm just going to evenly distribute across the calendar, 10 yellow dots. Yep. You know, now I know I'm not overly waiting the beginning of the month. I'm not gonna lose people because I can't capture everyone with dogs when I you know. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, it it's really an awesome and simplistic way of looking at it.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. I love it. And I know that you kind of did a longer version of that presentation on the organized holistically podcast. Is that right? Yes. On Dana's podcast more on her YouTube channel. So, um, if you want to check out that presentation that Steph did, I would definitely check out the organized holistically podcast and YouTube channel.
1: Yes. On her podcast, we spoke, but yes, her YouTube, we actually screen shared and I showed examples of, uh, of a brand content mix. So you can actually kind of see and have that visual aid to help you bring it to life. That's
0: awesome. Awesome. Well, you have shared so much information and made it so easy for us to understand what we need to do to get our uh, stuff together. Uh, <laughs> so I truly appreciate you being here. And Thank where you. is the best place for
1: everyone to connect with you online? So, social media on Instagram, LinkedIn, and Facebook are all get them. So, if you want to get a hold of me, you want to get them, it's spelled V-I-I-M, so get them, and that's probably the easiest way, or getvim.com is also an easy way. I would love to schedule a consultation and just let you pick my brain and kind of talk about what you can do to bring your brand identity to life if it's not there, and that's something I love doing. So there's a consultation button on my website, and I'd love to see anyone come in and we can just chat a little. Awesome. I love it. Well, thank you so much for being here and
0: we will be putting her website and her social links in the show notes. Thank Thank you. you so much, Steph. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. This episode of the Determined Mom Show is brought to you by Google Growth Generator. This 21-day email course will help you learn to optimize your Google My Business listing in the same way that we do for our clients here at TDM Marketing. Our client, a baby sleep specialist, got 126.32% more website visits in the first month after her optimization was completed. Another client, a chiropractic practice, got 26.67% more phone calls in the first month after optimization was completed. And finally, our client, who is a residential cleaning service, got 61.11% more website visits in the first month after optimization. If you're not sure if Google My Business optimization is for you, listen to what Kristen Ratten from Kristen Ratten Content Services had to say about her optimization. I hired Amanda to optimize my Google My Business listing, and within 10 days, my views were up 150%. This may be one of the most valuable things I've ever done for my business. And Amanda made it quick, easy, and painless. If you are ready to get started with your Google My Business optimization, go over to gomybusiness.com. That's gomybusiness.com forward slash growth.